I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Here we are, back in Missoula, the traveling uh, duo here. This was not an easy trip back to Missoula, but uh, we're happy to be back home. Welcome back. Hour number two coming at you here uh, on Nuanas Now. Missed anything in hour number one? You can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, uh, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, we didn't get out of the press conference until 1.30 last night. I didn't go to bed till like 3.30. The wake-up call was at 6.30, so we could drive eight hours to get here in time for this show. Uh, that doesn't even sound nearly as bad as blow dry your key fob. I'm so hard, sorry that happened to you. Well, and the Delta flight being late. You just wonder about <laughs> driving versus flying. Totally. Because it was really a 12-hour ordeal right. to fly back to Missoula yeah. uh, yesterday, but made it. We're here, Coulter. We're here. We did it. Chris Redpath in studio with us. It's around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Sadly, for the final time this season, it's been a great uh, addition to the show over the last couple of years, and uh, this has been a great season of it. And we had a completion of the season over the weekend. You're, well, you're wearing your uh, Hellgate Knights sweatshirt. Both Knights teams at the Class AA State tournaments. I know. I have to be so um, neutral in everything I do with college. Sure. So high school, I'm not. Well, I mean, your so kids go to Hellgate. All, it's all I'm good. I'm all night. Yeah. All night, all day. All day, all night. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the uh, Hellgate girls got a win uh, earlier today at the uh, Class AA State tournament and uh, the Hellgate boys have they played yet? Did they win as well? No, they'll play a five. They play right now. They play five right now. They okay. Play okay, right. cool. Um, Hellgate girls beat Bozeman Gallatin 64 52. So, uh, as we go through our uh, women's basketball recap of the Big Sky tournament and of the season, I'll also scroll on the Twitter machine, find you some scores, and uh, we'll keep you apprised of everything that's going on. One cool highlight already from earlier today I, I gave you some double A and A scores from earlier today. Well, how about Wolf Point? They've had a great year in Class B, and then they came all the way down the wire against Columbus in one of the earlier games at the Class B tournament up at Great Falls. And Cade Stafne, he gets a steal, and uh, then he uh, hits a sweet quarter jump shot for the, the win, and the Wolf Point moves past Columbus. Missoula Loyola, one of the favorites in the Class B tournament. They rolled Lodgegrass 83-56. Loyola is one of the most offensively powerful teams in the state, period. I mean, I think that this Missoula-Loyola team could compete with anybody uh, in in the state, any classification. They're just so up and down. They have so many great athletes. And uh, fun to watch sort of the resurgence of the Rams under Scott Anderson. The guy is a Hall of Fame-level coach, did it for 25 years, then retired and thought he was done. And then now, 12 years later, he came back and uh, lead Loyola again. So pretty cool. Uh, one other Class B score. Big Fork, definitely the favorites in Class B girls basketball. Uh, they get past Baker, 52-38. So I'll scroll through and uh, get you some more scores as uh, the second hour progresses. But around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, as has been the case frequently this year, is presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller is a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense. They handle cases across the state of Montana, and their focus is 
in specific areas of law ensures they're providing their clients with the best representation. Their firms proudly handle automobile accidents, medical malpractice claims, wrongful death claims, DUIs, and criminal charges. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Um, I'm I'm going to the uh, Class AA tournament in Butte tomorrow. Are you going to head over? Are you well, still thinking so? Well, it's my niece's so? birthday on okay. Saturday, so we're going to come over after. Okay, When, nice. when Hellgate's in the state championship, there we're going to go. roll over after. Well, cool. Uh, I can't wait to see the environment in Butte, but this is like so such a great time of year because March Madness on the, the broad college basketball level gets so much love, but I love when these tournaments descend upon these towns. I mean, you're from Great Falls. I would love to be at that Class B tournament because you know the Great Falls people are showing out to watch all those small-town kids. Uh, but the AA tournament is going to be so awesome as well. I'm going to get a score for you here in a minute, but I told you that Butte High was going to give Bozeman High a run for their money in the first round because uh, Butte, as the host, uh, they kind of snuck in to the out of the Western AA, uh, but you know playing at the Butte Civic Center that that place was going to be rocking, so I can't wait to be uh, in the Mining City uh, tomorrow. First question before we get some of the main storylines from this Women's League tournament, what'd you think of the new format? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I you adapt, right? I mean, there's one less team this year, so there was an even 10 teams, um, you know, more, less games within a day, right? right? But not the amount that we dealt with where it was three games and then four games. So from a standpoint of calling the games, which I did, um, this was a little bit easier because I only had two games a day. However, when I look at the opening rounds and the quarters, I think the biggest controversial part from that is the teams that won the quarters had that extra day off and our top two seeds that ended up progressing had to play three games in a row. So they ended up coming onto the court cold. You know, they hadn't been able to get on there. So I'm talking about Eastern... Uh, Montana, Sac State, and Idaho came onto the floor on Monday, had not have been on the floor at all, okay? And then they they play, and it's like they ended up having to play again. Do you see what I mean? There For wasn't sure. that day of rest. Right, like Montana State's women were out before the Lady Grizz even played a game. Exactly. Interesting. And so, um, yeah, so I, I think it was just flipped, and of course we will, will adjust. I've been through many tur- tournament formats now with this being the ninth year I called the tournament. So we've had um, multiple different formats. I do think for a, from a fan standpoint, running the men's and the women's tournament together helped out. Um, but I think anytime you're running a tournament in the middle of the week, it's just hard to get as many fans as you think. So it's just back and forth. For sure. I, I, there was a thought process there. And Leon Costello, Montana State Athletic Director, sort of broke this down for us on the show a couple of days ago. He was saying that they totally knew that it's one or the other, right? You're picking to have your games on a higher profile level of television in front of a bigger, at least assumed bigger TV audience. Maybe you sacrifice a little bit of the the butts and the seats for that. But I also thought that the games early on during the weekend were actually way more well attended than the early tournament games would be because they were on the weekends. And then you had a lot of people stay. I mean, last night for the men's championship game, the crowd was was pretty darn good. I mean, I, I think the only real way it could have been any better is if another Montana school would have been in it as well. But, I mean, it was you know on par with some of the other crowds we've seen in Boise. So, I don't know. I, I mean, the last thing I'll ask you about this, though, is 
Do you think they protect the top seeds well enough? Because even though you do get a day off, you still have to win three games in four days. That's still a lot of basketball. Um, no, I don't think they protect the top seeds at all. And that's what's frustrating to me is that, in, you know, the big sky is a one-bid league. You right. want to send your very best team. Totally. And so they, they really make, they set this up to be uh, where there are upsets. And it's a, it's a definite journey. And so, no, I struggle with that format because I feel like you want to send your best team. Bozeman's boys rally. They were down twenty to twelve at the end of the first quarter, and they rally all the way back. They have a they come back from a thirteen point deficit entering the fourth quarter for a 77-63 win. So they must have went nuts in the fourth quarter if they were down thirteen going into the third or into the fourth. Excuse me, then they won by fourteen. That's a crazy swing. Cash every twenty points. Kellen Harrison seventeen points, and Bozeman beats Butte at the Class AA State Tournament, and uh, now. The uh, number one team from the West, the Hellgate Knights, they're taking on number four uh, out of the East, the Gallatin boys. That one uh, is officially underway, so we'll keep you uh, up to date with what's going on. They're also at the uh, Class B tournament. Red Lodge and Big Forks boys are underway as well. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Chris Redpath in studio with me here uh, on your radio dial as well as on SWX Montana Television and on the ESPN MT app. Number one storyline coming out of this tournament is Sacramento State as the champions. And uh, it, it's funny because Sac State was sort of in the driver's seat in this league all year long. They started out 6-1, and one, then they had a little bit of a stumble when they had a couple players hurt and uh, and one key player, Katie Petoweta, out. Uh, but then when they got everybody back, they, they caught momentum again. Uh, but still, throughout this whole tournament, it didn't seem like there was that much talk about Sac as a favorite, but then once you see the whole thing play out, you're like, well, yeah, that was definitely one of the most talented, if not the most talented teams. I mean, what did you just think of the way the Hornets were able to put it together? Well, I, I think that looking at their personnel in having the Big Sky Conference MVP in Kalaja Dean and also having Isel Natabo down low, you have one of the best guard post combinations in the league. We know that KD um, has the best one-on-one game in terms of being able to break down the opponent and make good decisions off the balance, get to the rim, find her shooters. So what makes makes Sac State tough, Coulter, and here I am just really in this um, analyzing mode because we just came from the tournament, but Katie Penaweta and Kaylin Rendawa on the wings, they're over six feet. So you have a KD who can really break down and then you have the post play and you have height for those perimeter shooters. So personnel-wise, they really emerged in this tournament and showed the multiple weapons that they have and definitely leaders. Kalasia Dean, to me, I, I thought it was so interesting to watch in this tournament because everybody knows that she's the straw that stirs the drink for Sac State. They gave her so much attention defensively. She didn't shoot the ball that well. I mean, she only shot in the 30s. Uh, percentage-wise, after shooting like close to 50% during the regular season. Yet she still averaged almost 19 points per game. But the most amazing statistic that she put up, she averaged 10 rebounds per game in this tournament. I mean, she's like 5'5". <laughs> Unbelievable to be one of the leading rebounders in the tournament. She has a knack for the ball. She though. does. She's, she's got that gift, and she's also extremely athletically um, talented for as well. Sure. But, I mean, if you watch her, she just you can just tell she's played a lot of basketball. And what a neat story. Like, coming from Oakland and just being a two-guard, at Oakland, not even being a starter. Right. And Mark Campbell finds her and brings her in. She has 13 turnovers in their first game as a loss. And he's like, we're sticking with you. Yeah. We're, you are going to be our one this year. 
And I mean, it just to show that he went and found her and then she just created the success. Pretty neat story. We'll come back to that and to the way that Mark Campbell was able to get this thing rolling. We'll also hear from Mark Campbell and Kalaja Dean a little later on here around the Big CI Women's Hoops. The number two story coming out of the Big CI Tournament was Northern Arizona, another run to the championship game. Uh, they're really close. And I don't know what they necessarily even need to do to get over the top because I don't think that they're I, they're not even far away. They are right there. They just I I, I guess it just comes down to performing uh, in the championship game. But uh, another good run by Lori Payne and her squad. I know, and it's tough because this is Regan Skanks last year, yeah. and that's going to be really big shoes to fill. You watched um, Taylor Feldman, the freshman, that'll probably step in next year, but you, you know you want to see them do well and. Um, go as far as possible, and Regan Skank definitely got him there. Without her, they would have never even been able to make it as far as they did. For the sure. Moran twins, very impressive. But what it really comes down to is they just were not able to get stops um, and make shots, and so it just can't. It comes down to that. It's so simple in tournament play. It's it toughness really and making shots. It's true, and that's just what they could not come up with against Sac State. Uh, the other thing is, I'm just I'm so interested to see because. Lori Payne, and she said this to us at Skyline Sports for the profile that Andrew Houghton wrote. I know she told you the same thing. Regan Sank was a, a program-changing player for NAU. They built the whole thing around her. And they have all sorts of great talent. But her ability to, to rebound well and push the ball up the court and then find shooters in transition, find shooters that are spotted up. You know, I mean, I've never seen somebody that can go to the right get almost all the way to the block and then throw a no-look pass over the back of their head right in the pocket. I mean, she did it a couple times early on in the tournament. Just crazy. Testament to her coach for having the patience to even allow that to happen and then for that to become an unbelievable weapon. But I'm just so interested to see what happens next because Lori Payne wants to run a point guard-driven system, and uh, this was sort of her defining point guard for her program. And she's done such a great job, Coach Payne has there, I just wonder what the future is for any. I'm not speculating that Lori Payne is leaving or anything like that, but uh, if she were to get a, another job, that would be absolutely justified. But I also just don't know how she turns the page because Regan Sank has been her go-to on the ball for pretty much the duration of the last five years. Well, and then you just, you know, I started thinking about that yesterday too and all of my um, turbulent travels. I've had <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of time to think about um, these rosters and you look at, um, does she move one of the Moran sisters to run the one? Interesting. Does she move and does she keep Naya or move Naya the one, meet, keep Olivia on the two guard or reverse? You know, right. does she do something like that? Or Mary McMorris, really good, you know, freshman that showed spurts and also Taylor Feldman. But if you look at NAU, they just didn't, they played their core, right? So Regan Skank had the majority of the minutes. And you look at that, there just wasn't a lot of development. They're going all in with Regan this year. Right. So they did get the news that Emily Rodebaugh is coming back. So I think that's really key for them. And and obviously such a sad story with Montana Ultragee, just, you know, tearing her uh, MCL and then just not being in the mix. She yeah. gave some minutes, but I think she re-injured it and it was just really hard. So I think she's going to be wrapped up. But I also am super excited about their post play because I think Sophie Glancy, uh, just a stud down low and just showed so many glimpses of being like a force in the big sky. And, I, and, and, and also Fatu. I mean, Fatu Jaite, to me, was also had strengths and had moments where she looked really great. Rather Big Sky Women's Hoops presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller, they care about their clients and this community of Missoula. It's important to their firm that they can help out local Montanans and the surrounding communities. Every year they find ways to give back uh, to our community and support the community. 
uh, you're wearing your Hillgate shirt, and uh, I know that they've done a lot of help for you guys. So, uh, But they're so great across the board. I mean, anytime we ever go, we both go in there all the time asking uh, Paul Ryan and Angie Miller for, for support on a variety of different things. They're so good about supporting community stuff, sports stuff in the community, and uh, I know that they've helped you guys out at Hellgate quite a they bit. They really have. I mean, Hellgate football, they've done a lot um, to help support the program. And it's not just that culture. You're right. They do so much for the community. And if you even go on their website and look at all the organizations they've helped, it's it's just really important that they feel like they're an extension of the community. Other big storylines from this last week at the Big Sky Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, Eastern Washington and Portland State, I think that uh, both of them had aspirations going in, but for both of them to make it to the semifinals, uh, super impressive, especially under second-year head coaches uh, in Jody Gleason and Portland State. We're going to get to the Montana schools, uh, but the thing that I thought was so striking, comparing and contrasting both Eastern Washington and Portland State to Montana, because Montana also has a second-year head coach, is just how defined the identities are already for Eastern Washington and Portland State. You can tell exactly what those coaches want their teams to be all about. Well, absolutely. If we start, can we start with Eastern Washington? Of course, just, yeah. You know, I wondered about them because J.D. Sure. Martin, J.D. Martin lit it here at Montana, had 33, and she's not in the mix. She's hurt. She has a stress fracture in her foot, so she's not playing. Um, but I think you saw Jamie Luetta's game just elevate, and she's a grad assistant, transfer for them um and she just I thought her play was really strong and I think that she just had such a good feel with Aaliyah Alexander who has been one of my favorite players in the big sky she didn't play last year because she was injured she played the year before um athletic agile just strong around the basket and I also think Jacinda Buckley and Millie Knowles and these are players that are coming back so I feel like Jody Gleason has a good solid core and I think they're just going to get better Portland State, uh, they have such a great player to build around. I, mean, I was thinking about how great the point guards were in this league this year, but I guess there's still a little bit of gray area what Darian White's going to do, but most likely Darian White is done at Montana State. Clay Jadine, done at Sac State uh, after uh, whatever their season might come to an end uh, with the NCAA tournament upcoming. Regan Skank, fifth-year senior in NAU, she's finished as well. Uh, Esmeralda Morales at Portland State, I mean, she has a chance to really be sort of the uh, – the king, or I guess queen point guard of this conference next year. I was just mesmerized by her and her play. Your guys' call, watching, sitting next to you uh, on the TV call was so funny because you guys all ran out of stuff to say because she's just hitting such crazy shots. It was just like, well, wow. <laughs> Your guys' faces was hilarious. It was just crazy. I mean, she goes 6 for 14 from the three-point line against the Cats. But then also Jada Lewis and Aaliyah Fitzgerald, they also go 8 for 14 from the three-point line. I mean, 15 three-pointers in that game. And I think that's also been an Achilles heel for Montana State, which I'm sure we'll get into later in the show. But I just think Esmeralda Morales, she ha- she's that floor general. She commands her presence out there. And it's very clear in the big sky, if you have a point guard that controls the show, you have a lot more <clears throat> success. Absolutely. Chris Redpath in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, last big storyline coming out of this tournament was... Uh, for all the credit that the second-year head coaches, because there was three of them in the Final Four, and then Lori Payne in her sixth year there with NAU, it, it was sort of weird. And uh, the first time we've seen where we didn't have the veteran coaches uh, in the Final Four, at least one of John Dooley at Idaho, Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State, and Trisha Bidford at Montana State has been in the semis every year since this thing went to a neutral site. And more often than not, multiple of those coaches there, and more often than not, those programs, Idaho, Idaho State, and Montana State, playing each other for the right to go to the championship. Uh, so it was just sort of 
interesting uh, to, to, to see a Final Four without those uh, sort of stalwart uh, figureheads from the league. Right, and I look at Idaho, the Idaho-Sac State game, and I talked to Coach Newley, obviously a good friend of mine. You develop, it's a relationship league, right? Sure. Culture, you know, I mean, we For all get sure. to know these coaches, and I have to be honest, Coach Newley got them looks. They no, just didn't sure. knock him down. I mean, he did his part, and he just could not get anyone to hit shots. He had a real struggle with that. And then Seton Sobolewski, I mean, we got to talk about Idaho State losing Callie Bourne. It, it was a, such a To bummer. a torn ACL in practice two so, days unreal. before the tournament. Um, just some tough things that happened for them. So I do agree with you. It's very odd to see them, neither of those teams in the mix. The championship game was... Basically a coronation. I mean, Sac State won by 13 points, but they were in full control after they just completely suffocated Northern Arizona in the second quarter. They won the second frame 15-4 to and then sort of just cruised from there. Uh, before we just give you the ins and outs and break this down, let's hear from the head coach of Sacramento State, Mark Campbell. Here's a couple thoughts from him in his postgame press conference after leading Sac State to their first NCAA tournament berth in school history. Oh, man, you guys, what a game, what a run. Um, this group is, 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 they're just a bunch of fighters. They're a bunch of warriors. And, um, and uh, these last three games, um, you got to defend a win in March. And um, we've said it all year long, our defense is going to dictate how far this team can go. And these last three games, this group defended at a high level. Um, just beyond proud of what they've done and what they've accomplished, and we're not done yet. Mark, you guys were so unbelievably consistent this year. I mean, how how were you able to do that, and how important was that to your success? You mean just over the course of the season? Just over the course of the yeah. season. You know, I mean, today was sort of a microcosm of that, especially led by your point guard. Yeah, it uh, it's been an unbelievable journey, you guys. Uh, we have nine new players. Uh, we only had three kids that played for us last season, and so um, we, we we knew what system we wanted to run from when we got hired, and we tried to assemble it and get the, the, the talents to complement each other, but you never know until you're in the trenches. And um, so we felt like we had the, the, the pieces could fit, but you never know. And you guys, this team, and it's led by our three seniors, KD and Jordan and Kaylin from the get-go. They have just been incredibly mature, uh, completely unselfish, bought in all the way. Uh, but this kid, Jordan right here, um, she's the heart and soul and the spirit of our program. She's been at Sac State for four years. Kid had a three-game winning season. She had COVID. She had a coaching change. And now she, she's getting to go dancing. She's seen it all. And she is an absolute fighter, a warrior, uh, unselfish, humble. I mean, um, it's just amazing. I'm so happy for everyone. But what this kid's been through in her college career, I'm glad that she gets to go dancing in her senior season. You've been to the NCAA tournament before, but what's it feel like now to do it as a, as a head coach? Oh, Every, every opportunity that you get to play in March Madness is special. And um, each one of those seasons are completely different journeys. Um, I am so thankful for each opportunity that I got to play in March Madness. I know how hard it is to get there. And um, it's an experience of a lifetime. And uh, I'll cherish this one just like I cherished every other one. And um, I'm just excited we get to keep going to battle together. This group is tight and it's a family. I think you got to see that over the last three days. Hey, Coach, in... I mean, in just your second season as the uh, as the head coach at Sac State, uh, you've uh, delivered the first Big Sky title in in program history. 
going into into March and next season, what can uh, what can we all expect? Um, <laughs> I, it's hard for me to even turn the page. I, I want to keep the focus um, on this group, um, but our staff came here because the sky's the limit at Sac State. It really is. Uh, we're only in year two. We took over a three-win team. Um, and so I think this is just a freight train that keeps rolling. How do you think this league and this tournament prepared you for the NCAA tournament then? This league's tough, you guys. There's a, there's a wide range of styles of play. Um, NAU is elite and plays fast. Um, and so it gets you prepared with your transition defense and what they're doing schematically. Idaho is a five-out uh, with shooters everywhere that you got to be able to guard. Portland State runs a whole bunch of pick-and-roll stuff. Just in this three-game tournament, you've had a wide variation. But this league has great coaches, has great players, and um, I feel like we've seen it all, and uh, we'll be ready uh, for whoever that opponent is. Mark Campbell, Sac State head women's basketball coach, uh, in his post game following his team's 76-63 win over top seeded Northern Arizona to win the Big Sky Tournament title, the first time ever that uh, Sac State will advance to the NCAA tournament. One more piece of sound from the post game. This is only about 90 seconds. It's funny because uh, there's such varying levels of media in the in the Big Sky Conference. Sac State has, despite all their success, has not gotten covered much this year. So it was so cute because you could tell that their girls up there at the press conference, they hadn't really done any interviews, so they were kind of nervous. But then, I mean, they got rolling. But uh, before we play this, we've talked all about Kalaja Dean, Isnel Nadabo, uh, some of these primary figures. But the X factor in the championship game and the person that won this championship game for them was Jordan Oliveras. Absolutely. I mean, I, you cannot argue any other way that she stepped up and was the X Factor. And you know, it was it was just really interesting because you did see Kalasia doing Dean, you know, she's she's still dribbling all over the place. She's got the she's got control. For sure. Um, but we haven't seen Oliviera's really step up in, in that much of a significant role this year. And so for her to come out and just I mean, big shots. And I mean, time ticking off the shot clock and you go to Oliveras and she makes a play. She's the only player that was part of Bunky Hawker Road's teams. So she didn't even play that much last year, Coach Campbell. But he worked her in, and just just an incredible game. I think she finished with 26 career high. I mean, she played like four minutes when they were coming through Montana. I mean, here's a great stat for you. The first 26 games of the season, Jordan Oliveira scored 69 points. The last five games of the season, she scored 71 points, including 26, a career high uh, in the championship game, here's a couple of thoughts from her and Kalaja Dean. I mean, that's one of the great games of your career. So, I mean, what's it like playing like that in this moment and uh, and knowing you're going dancing? Man, it was it was all or nothing. Had to sell out my senior year, so I had to give it all I had. I want to go dancing. Kalaja, when the clock is winding down and it's kind of sinking in, I mean, you guys were so all business in this entire game, but there was a moment where you came off the court, like a minute left. When did it first start sinking in for you? When the confetti's flying, what's that moment like for you? Um, it's very surreal. You know, it's a true blessing. I've been saying since we got here, like, I mean, it's already written. It's already written. Whatever's happened is already written. So for us to come out and be fighting every single game and knowing, you know, just because we may be a higher seed doesn't mean we have to just lay down and rest. You know, we had to, we had to come every game. And that's what we did to every opponent. And I'm just glad we're here in this moment right now. It's crazy. <laughs> Jordan.
Jordan, when uh, NU was here a few minutes ago, they, they said that their plan was to really shut down Kalija and, and Isne. Um, so do you, for you to come in and have the game that you did, what does that mean, sort of being uh, that person to step up when the other team is really focusing on the other players? Well, as a senior, I had to, I had to step up for both of them, you know, as, well, they were getting, they weren't getting shut down, but they're trying to take it away, and so I had to do what I can to help out my team. Hey Jordan, it looked like it looked like you you had a lot of family and friends here sitting in the stands, just right in front, right behind the bench. Uh, what was it like to have them uh, cheering you on, especially in this game in this moment? All the way in Idaho for them to come out is very like it's kind of emotional because I come from a background that you know we don't have a lot, but for them to come out, it was just very heartwarming for me. Super cool, and they got to be happy for that young lady. She stuck it out. That's what college basketball is supposed to be all about. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Chris Redpath in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, here on Nuanas Now. It's presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller has over 30 years of legal experience. They approach every case like it's going to trial from day one. This ensures they're always prepared and ready to press forward on their cases to get their clients the justice they deserve. Call them anytime, 406-542-2233. 24-7, they have a live answering service, so you'll always have a person to talk to, 406-542-2233. What does this all mean for the Big Sky Conference, and what does it all mean for the Montana schools? We'll analyze that next. Keep it right here. is Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Happy to be back in the Garden City. Coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Thanks for tuning in. No matter you're watching on uh, SWX Montana Television, following along on the ESPN MT app, or listening on 102.9 ESPN Radio throughout Western Montana. Appreciate you being here. I'm Coulter Nuwana's in studio with Krista Redpath as we... Put a bow on this thing around the Big Sky Women's Hoops for one last time for this 2023 season. First of all, uh, update from Butte. Hellgate and Bozeman Gallatin. Chris is on the edge of her seat. Because I'm (laughs) in here with you and I'm not watching it. (laughs) Tied. 26-26. Easton Sant hit a three with about 10 seconds uh, to go in the first half to uh, tie the game. So, uh, good battle going on there in, uh, I think, the third of of four um, boys games from the uh, the Class AA tournament. So uh, if by chance that game goes final before we're off the air, we'll let you know, but I don't think it will because uh, we only got about 20 minutes left of the show and uh, they're just now uh, to halftime. Sacramento State, the Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Champions for 2023. They beat top-seeded Northern Arizona 76-63 uh, in the championship game. We broke down all that and heard from Mark Campbell, Kalasia Dean, and Jordan Oliveras uh, earlier but uh, part of this championship was led by the fact that the defending champ went 0-1. Montana State, uh, one of I mean, one of the most shocking and abrupt endings. It, it was sort of crazy to watch because the Cats they started out shooting 
two of 18, I think. I think they missed 16 of their first 18 shots. And on the other side, uh, Portland State hit seven of their first 13 three-pointers. And you're sitting here thinking, well, Darian White and Cole Badbear and this group of MSU seniors, they're not just going to go out like this, are they? And they just could never find any flow. And Portland State has never missed. They hit 15 three-pointers. And quite frankly, they just ran Montana State out of the gym. It was a crazy ending for Montana State. It really was. And I think it took some of the air out of the just the everyone's tires for just the rest of the tournament. Because it was just going, okay, wait, this is our team that won last year. I just kept putting together scenarios. Okay, if they win this year, how do they do a non-conference? Could they get a better seating this year? You look for that big sky team to take it just as Danny's doing um, and be consecutive winners because that's when you're going to get looks. That's when you're going to increase your seedings. I mean, we were a number nine seed my sophomore year. Um, and that's because we won a game. We won an right. NCAA tournament game right. the year before I came in. But also, you know, you play a tough non-conference schedule, and that helps you with your seating. I, I have a broad question for you. We can sort of hash this out in conversation. But Sac State winning the league, what do you think that means for the Montana schools, particularly the Montana Lady Grizz? Because they are in the same situation as Sac State in terms of the duration of their coach. But... Uh, Brian Holsinger just went 14 and 16 and uh, one and done in the tournament. And uh, Mark Campbell's got a 25 and 7 record. He's going dancing. Well, culture, I think it's two entirely different approaches. Totally. I think we have Coach Campbell that has come in and been able to have immediate impact players yep. because of Sacramento and where it's located. That's right. His relationships with being, you know, in, in Oregon. Yep. Okay. And, and recruiting the West Coast for West years and years and years. Right. All those relationships. However, Brian Holsinger also coming from Oregon. Yep. But. A relationship coach that's going to put those freshmen in there that are going to blow up at times and just make things really hard for all of us as fans, Um, but he's going to develop them. And so he is looking to develop a team. I think he knew this year was going to be tough. I don't think he wanted to admit it. I think next year is going to be a true indicator to see how how Coach Holsinger does within the league. I, I was talking with with some people from Montana about exactly that. I said they said, "What do you what do you think?" Because Coach Holsinger was asked point blank in the post game press conference. Do you consider this a successful season, and where do you think your program's at? And I thought he was very, very honest and forthcoming. He said, "Uh, I'm very disappointed in this season. I did not want to have a losing record. I thought we could have our ups and downs, but we would at least have a winning record. And he said, I think the program is behind. He said, I think we we have work to do uh, to get it moving forward. But when the people from Montana asked me what I thought, I said, you can't give a true evaluation until next year because I think that you need to have – they they will have still one stalwart and Carmen G. Feller coming back. But most of the players will be then this coaching staff's players, this style, all that sort of stuff. Um, I do think, though, Sac State winning the the Big Sky in short order puts a lot of pressure on Montana because if you look at the the teams that made the Final Four and one games in this tournament, they all were starting over two years ago, and it's only Montana that wasn't sitting there in the Final Four. Well, and honestly, look at the notoriety that Sac State's getting. You know he's going to try to run it back, and he's just going to get some Power 5 players in now, and it's going to be on if he stays, if Coach Campbell stays. He might get an opportunity to leave. People would argue that if a coach gets an opportunity to leave, they leave a program in a better place than when they came in. Um, I'm not sure about that with Sac State, just looking at how the program has done over the years. If they could sustain something like that, I think it could just go back to what it was. I mean, being really honest with our viewers and our listeners. But yeah, I do think Montana, there's some pressure, obviously. I mean, we, there's you know you look at five new coaches last year and you're yep. absolutely right about what's gonna happen here with Montana. A lot of people are paying attention. 
It's sure. the number one team in the Big Sky in terms of fans and support. Montana State right behind them. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Crystal Redpath in studio with us here on Nuwana's Now. It's presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller is a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense. Their law firm proudly handles automobile accidents, medical malpractice claims, wrongful death claims, DUIs, and criminal uh, charges. Uh, the w- What do you think is then the next step for the Lady Grizz? B- because this has been sort of this omnipresent narrative, and it, it, it's it's gone on with these, with these struggles in the postseason. It's not just one coach. It's not just two coaches. It's not just three. I mean, this has been since Robin Silverberg retired. This, this program has had almost next to no success uh, when it comes to the Big Sky Tournament. I think they need clear, concise leadership of who's in charge on the floor. I think you have to have someone, and we've seen that in the Big Sky, who's running the show out From there. a player perspective. From a player perspective. I agree. You have to have someone that's an extension of your head coach yep. that can control the, the team. And you know when time is ticking down, who the ball is supposed to go to. And I think that was not clear for Montana this year. I think they had multiple players step up at different times, but there wasn't that clear person. And, you know, you look at an Eastern Washington, it's Jamie Loetta. It's Aliyah Alexander. It's J.D. Martin if she's healthy. Um, For Montana, I would have to look at it based on who they played and who was hot at the time. Right. There was just never anybody that I could clearly say, hey, the ball belongs in that person's hands when it counts. I mean, that's what makes the Lady Grizz so dangerous is they did have very many. Absolutely. They had Absolutely. very many players that stepped up and looked like premier players in this league. I mean, Danny Barsh had a stretch where she looked like absolutely one of the best forwards in the league. Carmen G. Filler, I mean, her resume is tried and true. She is one of the best forwards in the league. Matt Koning, Libby Stump, they both showed great promise uh, as freshmen. But you're right. Like when it gets into a tight game in the postseason, where are we going? What is our go-to play? Who is our go-to player? That that was just completely absent. I think what's also unsettling about Montana is you have, and I'm just going to use a comparison to NAU. NAU, we got Coach Payne. She sees all offense. She makes no like excuses for the fact she needs an assistant coach to see defense. That's right. She is like I could never have played for Robin Selvig because I would have been <laughs> on the bench, Krista. I literally didn't do not see the defensive side of the ball. Well, that's why Lori Payne is the, you know one of the all-time league scores in the history of Montana high school basketball, right. you know, an all pack 10, you know, I mean, she's a tremendous offensive player. But she owns what she believes in. And I think what's unsettling with Montana is Coach Holsinger wants to have this defensive approach, right? but they just don't have a defensive team out there that right. is, is, is what, it's, so that's what's unsettling. They're more offensively driven. For sure. And he wants that defensive urgency to create offensive opportunity. I think it works reverse for these Lady Grizz, where they get going on the offensive end, right. and then they pick it up on defense. He's not happy with that, so we see that in this push-pull between coach, player, media, some of his comments after games. And so I just hope that they can clearly you know, sort that out. I know playing for a defensive-minded coach, right. um, for me, if I didn't get a stop, I was on the bench. Right. Just it didn't even matter how many points I was scoring. Totally. It didn't matter how hot I was. Right. My coach was going to pull me out and he was going to call me out. And so I think there's some of that that they've just got to figure out identity. These exactly. teams that go far, they have identity. That, that's exactly they right. They have toughness. That's exactly right. Eastern Washington plays a zone and they want to they want to get a bunch of steals in the passing lanes, get out on the break. Portal State, they play a zone in a sort of different way, but they pack it in and really make it tough on you. Uh, that's the thing that I'm so confused by is Coach Holsinger says he wants to be a defensive coach, but like, what is your defensive identity? Like, sometimes they press, they have success with it, but they don't go back to it. 
you know, just playing harder and better than the other team, you got to have more uh, more of a direction than that. I now, think. I'll also say that last year at the tournament, Chelsea Gregg, 0-20 last year for Portland right. State. I sat in the hotel with her down in Boise, and I listened to her lay out her vision. And I thought, wow, she is living and dying by this 2-3 zone. Sure. She is not going to move out of it. And she said, Krista, you watch. I'm not going to let them out of it. I am holding them accountable yep. for where I expect them to be. Yep. And I, I just... I, I actually gives me the chills when I talk about her because of what she was able to create this year with her team. And I know it wasn't a conference championship, but it was significant improvement. Oh, for sure. And so what I'm saying is, is that she is going to stand by that philosophy. And she also has Esmeralda Morales that she has clearly turned this team over to and said, hey, I, I need you to be out there and you need to be my extension on the floor. Well, is that Radio? One last segment before we head to the Mining City. Keep it right here. Back after this. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Champions across the wide world of basketball by the time this weekend is over. We already got Big Sky champions, Montana State on the men's side, Sac State on the women's side, and then we'll have high school state champions by the time the weekend is over. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missed anything in the show today? Give you a full breakdown of everything that went down in Boise, Idaho. Heard from Danny Sprinkle, Jabril Bello, Raekwon Battle. Uh, from the men's champions, the Montana State Bobcats going dancing for the second year in a row. Also from Mark Campbell and Jordan Oliveras, as well as Kalisha Dean of Sacramento State's women's team. They're going dancing for the first time in school history. We've also spent the second hour on the final episode of the 2023 season around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. You'll find everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Great idea. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, 
Coulter, this has been such a great year, and I love doing this with you. I also just have to give one last shout out to all the people that helped do this this year with my sponsors for, sure. for our show and Vertical Rays, Laird and Cowley, Man Mortgage, Ryan and Miller, who have been my staples, as well as the Good Food Store and Metal. I just have to give an extra shout out because they allow me to create this content with you and be here, and it's really important to bring awareness and support to women's basketball. And this show stands on women's basketball, which is really cool because there's not too many shows out there that just focus on the women's game. Thank you so much to all of our great supporters. And thanks to everybody that's listening to us, whether it's uh, Nuana's Now, just in general, or around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Thanks so much to you for always bringing the great content, the preparation, the piles of paper. So, lots of paper, lots of sticky notes. Uh, gotta love it. We will, I promise, be back for Around the Big Side Women's Hoops next year. But in the meantime, uh, for Chris Redpath, uh, thanks so much for always joining us. We'll be live from Butte, America tomorrow. Can't wait to be in the Mining City. I can't believe I'm going on another road trip, but whatever. Like I told Jeff when I got back, when I actually sit down and slow down for a couple days, then I'm actually going to be tired. I'm just going to keep it rolling at this point. I've been working for like seven days straight. Give me more hoops. I'm already having withdrawals. At this point in Boise, we would still be like three and a half hours away from the tip of the final game. So uh, I need some more hoops in my life. We'll be coming to you live from Metals Sports Bar uh, in downtown Butte, America tomorrow. Update for you before we sign off. The uh, Hellgate Knights, they get a three-pointer from Chance McNulty. They're on an 8 nothing run, and they're up 35-31 midway through the third quarter. So the top seed out of the uh, Western AA uh, in control as of right now uh, against Bozeman Gallatin. Uh, let's see if we can get any other updates. Here we go. Uh, McNulty again hits a bucket. And so 43-39, 29 seconds left in the third quarter. Uh, but Hellgate showing well. And uh, this is a wide-open AA tournament, so we can't wait to get over to the Mining City to cover it. Tomorrow, we'll have all sorts of state tournament updates. We'll also have history lessons galore because Metal Sports Bar is like a museum. I mean, they have a coach's corner that has so much history in it, praising all the great coaches with Butte roots. And uh, also, going to dive into some spring football analysis as well. Well, we've been gone. The Grizz started spring football. The Cats start pretty soon. So we'll give you our best storylines, best position battles, and just general thoughts on both Montana and Montana State football. We'll do it tomorrow, live from the Mining City. See you at 4 o'clock. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.